Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I have got Jason Cutler here and he runs, teaches people how to run efficient sales teams. He's an author, he's written books, and I am super excited because as you know, if you're listening to this, most likely you're in some sort form of sales. So sit back and let's get ready to be fired up. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks for being on the show. I am, uh, I am awesome and I'm super excited because I think this is going to be uh, a lot of fun uh, and uh, see where it goes. Well, I'm going to be asking you questions because I have a sales team. And so I'm, I'm like personally super excited about this. So, um, so tell us a little bit about what you do and how you, how you, who you help and, and um, all that great stuff. Yeah. So, uh, my, I got into sales when I was 27, uh, in the mortgage business. So something very related, which you can relate yeah. to, uh, it was 2002 was the height of the real estate boom. I was in Washington state at the time. So, uh, it was very easy, basically learn nothing about sales and selling and persuasion, uh, which went along well with my bachelor's degree in marine biology that I had. So unlike you was something useful in psychology, let's say I, uh, was really into sharks and really not into people, didn't want to work with people. And then uh, life took me a different path. And uh, that kicked off a long career of working in sales organizations, running away from sales a couple of times, coming back to it and uh, realizing that what I really love to do is coach and lead and train teams, help teams build better systems and process. I really love sales as well, um, but I really enjoy the act of helping people you know, have that light bulb moment where they don't think they can sell very well. They didn't think there was a way to do it that wasn't, let's say, dirty and gross. And uh, and then they see that there is a way that works well. So that's always fun. I love it. So it's funny, like the whole shark mentality and you got to be a shark for sales and you like sharks. So um, that's a whole nother conversation because sharks scare the crud out of me, but I, uh, <laughs> I find it interesting as well. Okay. So, so give us some, so tell, so if you were, let's just, let's just take me for example. So I have a sales team. If you were to come into my organization and um, what would be the first thing that you would, how would you help us? Well, uh, so we're going to do this make-believe thing because I yeah. have no doubt that your sales team is probably amazing and you have them going in the right direction. Uh, generally, where I start is with a gap analysis and really look at where the goals are, where the organization wants to be, and then what's missing there. Um, because in my opinion, it's really, it's, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's easy to do some sales and some do some transactions and close some deals, no matter what it is that you're selling, but to do it in a scalable way, which means if I put in this much marketing and this much effort with a team, I'm going to get out this kind of result, like a factory, right? Like if I put in these inputs, I'm going to get these outputs predictably. Um, that generally is where most organizations fall apart is they don't have a scalable system where if they added this much marketing and added 10 more people, 
is it going to go up exponentially? Um, and usually what's missing is things like systems, like processes. Everyone's kind of selling in a way they think should be done, but there's not a cohesive plan for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then like KPIs and that kind of thing. So how do you like, so, so if somebody is, um, if, if let's just say you've got a company and they have, you know, 45, 50,000 leads in their database, you know, from selling books or from showing up to challenges or going to a two day event or get, you know, like, let's just say those leads alone. Yeah. Um, what, how many calls can somebody make a day? Obviously, if they're using an auto, if they're using a speed dollar, how many calls on average should somebody make a day? And I think this is great for real estate agents to actually hear or any entrepreneur because they need to know like what's an average amount of calls that you can expect. You know, let's just say your uh, your salesperson to call. How many contacts should they be making? And on a high ticket sale, how many conversions do you think the average salesperson should be able to do? I'm just curious to hear about that. I'm going to make myself so, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I look at things a little bit different. So um, the way I look at metrics and KPIs is you've got to have those, right? The classic, what isn't measured, isn't managed. And you've got to know what the score is, right? It would be like playing a sport without a scoreboard and just not knowing how you're doing and have no idea if you're winning or not. You kind of have a feeling if somebody's keeping track in their head, but there's really no scoreboard. Um, so I, I'm going to preface this by saying KPIs, metrics, super important. And to me, what is really important is the end result. Did you win or lose? So you've got to know what a win is or a loss is uh, for that day. Let's say if you have a salesperson on your team or it's you because you're a solopreneur is what's a win? Is that an appointment? Is that revenue generated today? Is that a closed deal? Whatever that looks like. And if you won, great. You want to figure out what you did and look at the numbers and reverse engineer what works for you or that person. If you lost, that's when the numbers come in, right? Because if you win, how many calls do you have to make? Well, that's the part where it's really tough because especially if you're selling something high ticket, uh, depending on what you're going for in those calls, you might have 10 calls in a day that were long phone calls and they were valuable. I think of real estate agents. If a real estate agent's making 200 calls a day, they're doing something wrong in my opinion. Maybe they're just shotgun or they're going after too much or their list isn't you know, uh, focused enough unless they're maybe just setting appointments. Otherwise you want quality conversations. And so how many does that take? It depends, right? Every industry is different, but uh, I've had call centers I've run where I have people that make four calls in a day and their goal is to close two deals in a day and they close all four. And each one of those calls took an hour and that was four hours out of an eight hour shift minus some admin time in between. And that's a fantastic day. Like yeah. that's a record breaking day. So, but it was four calls. So the call people will say, well, you have to make 150 calls a day to win. It's like, well, yes. So what about the extra time? So like, okay, so you're right. So four calls yep. are on the phone for four hours, a little admin work, let's just say it's an extra half an hour, right? There's yeah. an extra three and a half hours. So what do they do with that three and a half hours? Well, it depends. So that kind of transaction, the admin time after each sale was 30 minutes after mm -hmm. each sale with a verification process, like some, you know, the admin from another third party. So that's another two hours on there. So that's six out of eight hours. And as much as I'm, you know, I love to drive people to do more and more. If you're having really quality conversations and really closing deals, as you know, that's draining at a certain point, and right? It's tough to do. I've seen people do, you know, eight out of eight hours on the phone, 
but then they're mush. And the next day it's pretty much zero results because they left it all in the field. They have nothing. left. Yes. So it, it, there's a balance there, right? If you're doing well, that's where, again, the metrics might say, well, what are you doing with all that extra time? You're probably recovering, right? Like a really good workout. You got to recover. You can't just keep going all the time. So that's where I'm like kind of back. I, no, that makes, that makes sense. Okay, great. So then, okay. So let's just say they aren't They Let's just say you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not converting maybe, or, or how many, like if you're just dialing and you know, how many connections do you use? Like how many speed dials should you be able to make? And how many connections should you truthfully be able to make in, in on average? Well, and so that, and again, this is where the, it depends because every industry, everything's going to be different. Um, but really that comes down to the quality of the list. So if depending on what you're doing and where your data or where your information's coming from uh, will dictate and direct what that contact rate is. I mean, does it take a hundred people to call, to talk to five? And then out of those five people, you're going to have some conversations or does it take 10 calls to connect with five people? Right? Like the Yeah, timing. you're right. It's true. So for, so for so, example, let's just say it's a really warm quality list, right? Like it's yeah. somebody just got done. It's the, it's the hundred people that just finished attending a two day live event and, and you're calling to check in and see how they are and, and hopefully maybe sell them. I mean, I mean that you would think that, that, that would be, you know, they're, they're wanting to talk to people, right. Or they're wanting to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, and if that scenario was the case for me, if I was running that or leading that, I would expect that list to be gotten through in the matter of like two or three days. And the reason why I say that it's not a very big list, but again, if, if the contact rate is high yeah. then the conversations are going to be there. Mm -hmm. And if you have five or 10 or 15 minute conversations with 20 people, like that's a lot, like that's six hours of conversations right there. Right. So, so, um, and then obviously the follow-up and the emails and the, the, whatever, if they're signing up or if they're booking appointments, you know, there's that, that follow-up moment, even if it's just a minute after each one. And so if it's really good, it's going to take a few days to get through that kind of list. If it's going right, if somebody chews through that list in a day, then there's something that's missing. Right. So that's where the volume of calls can either mean you're working really hard or you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. What's I, I, this totally makes sense. And I'm, I love it. So what's the best system that you've seen people to use? Like we use a system called close, but we actually have our own system that we're developing. So we're wondering if we might should go over to our own system, right? Cause it get kind of expensive, these systems, obviously it's got the call speed up dial, but what, what are you, what do you think are your best systems to really keep track of, of salespeople and what kind of things exactly should you be keeping track of? I mean, I, I mean, I know it's important to be able to see how many hours people are on the, like how long have, were they on the phone? So if somebody's like, well, you're on the phone for 10 minutes today, like that's, you know, and you only got through 20 calls, there's a problem there, right? I mean, like- Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. So as far as the metrics go, we'll work backwards. The big things for me is the activity, because even though, like I said earlier, was talking about the results, like if you're winning, the KPIs matter less because we won, other yeah. than you want to reverse engineer and figure out how you want. So let's say like sports, for example, basketball team, they win. Okay, that's great. The metrics, how we got there, who shot what, doesn't matter as much because we won. And if we can figure out that formula, then we can do that again next game, then we can win hopefully next game, right? Like mm -hmm. figure out who had to do what in order for us to win. Same thing with sales. Like if you're winning, just reverse engineer 
what it took to win and then make that kind of the blueprint. If you're losing, then the numbers matter. Here's the other part that's totally uh, uh, counter to that is that you can't control results. Nobody can control results. Nobody can control who's going to buy and how much you're going to sell today. All you can control is the activity. For the same reason, you can't control, like let's say how much weight you're going to lose by going to the gym or eating healthy. All you can do is really control how you eat and how much effort you put into it. But what happens with your body, like you can't control that. I can't say I will lose five pounds by tomorrow. Like you probably, you can't. So the thing is with sales and selling is all you can control is the activity. And so what you want to do is also measure all of those activities, especially if you're not winning. And the ones that I recommend uh, that we all know would be the number of calls. It's that talk time. Uh, which is what you were referring to. So the talk time is super important. Um, and then depending on what you're selling and how it breaks down, you've got the rest of the sales process. So maybe the number of appointments scheduled, the number of, if you're doing demos, the number of demos that people show up for or their, their show rate for that appointment. And then whatever happens next, applications submitted, applications received, you know, whatever those milestones in your process is. And then what's also really important or can be for phone calls is the length of time, right? Do you have somebody who's making really short phone calls or do they have long phone calls? Like what percentage of their calls are going longer? If you have a higher ticket sale, you're doing follow-up calls from that event and you have that hundred person warm list, you would expect those calls to be longer, 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. That person's excited. You're going through the program. You're getting them signed up. They have to fill out an application or you have to collect credit card info, whatever that looks like. Um, and so you might have somebody who has a bunch of calls and some talk time, but if they're all under five minutes, then that means that person's not doing, they're missing something in the conversations to get it to go further, right? They're losing yeah. people at a certain point. So that one's a super important metric um, for you to look at the teams is how far are the call's going? What, what percentage, what number? Because again, you can't just look at talk time. Okay, you were on the phone four hours today. That's great, good job. But if they yeah, were four yeah. hours of really short calls, then they're burning through your leads and they're probably blowing a lot of opportunities for you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so give us some pointers on things you could do like to get more people to show up to the call or get more people to show up to the event. To the event. So, so what, what kind of strategies would you recommend? Number one, getting someone to show up to a, to a two-day event. What would you have the sales team do to help ensure that number one, the event gets full, right? Because because that we're we're working on that. And number two, how to get that, how to get people to actually show up, or more likely to show up. What would you what would you what would you coach? So you so you want all the good stuff. You want all the good secrets here. Okay. Um, so oh yeah, I, 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 Jason, I'm going after this. This is like right up my alley. I, so the biggest issue, and then I'll talk about like what to do instead. The biggest issue that I see that people do when they're selling and, and not getting the results they want and they're struggling. Maybe they're not good at sales, they don't like sales or they think sales is gross or they just get too excited is a lot of times they're selling like the idea of this next thing and then that's it, right? So, hey, come to this event, it'll be great. And then they're like just pushing that or an appointment. Hey, you know, come to this appointment, show up for your appointment or this demo. Um, and they're basically selling that thing but not doing it very well and it's falling short. The And, and even if people do show up, because this is the other challenge is people might actually show up for your two day event or your appointment or your demo, but 
they're not interested in buying or they don't move forward because the person selling them sold them on the event, but not the end result. And that's really what's missing. It's not about, hey, come to this appointment because I want to set this appointment for you. It's this appointment will lead to me helping you with buying a house or your two-day event or whatever that is. And so that's the big shift. That's the thing. The end result because hey, you want yeah. to show up to this because you know you're going to learn systems and strategies and learn how to attract sellers. You really want to you really want to show up to this because it's going to really transform your oh so they're selling that more. So instead of pushing Correct. go to the event, go to the event, why they want to show up to the event. Yes. And, and, and where this goes back to the metrics, the KPIs, the stuff we were talking about uh, so far is that a lot of people in sales, their metrics, their KPIs is let's say appointment set or confirmations for two day events. And they're like, okay, in their mind, if you have your sales team built out in such a way where you have different people doing different roles, if you have an appointment setter or that person who's selling the two day, then that's all they care about. They don't care about what happens afterwards. You as a business owner care. You want people to show up at the two-day, get value, sign up, or you know, stay in your network and, and become long-term relationships somehow. That person who set that, the, that prospective attendee up, all they care about is the metric, which is cool. I set my 10 appointments today. I set my 10 people to come today. Like, I don't really yeah. care what happens to them after that. Um, and that's usually the management challenge that comes in because that appointment setter cares about the appointment, nothing else. And mm -hmm. so the shift is, like you said, is to look at the long-term results. And whenever possible, this is the biggest key, is to understand and focus the, the uh, event, right? Not just the event from a, um, like an actual two-person event, two-day event, but the event being like buying a house or getting a mortgage or, you know, signing up for the service, whatever it is that that person's end goals and what they want and why that helps them. Because what happens a lot in sales is if you've been doing it for a while, you get, or you're just poorly trained is you get, you desensitize or you don't even think about the other person and what their goals are. Cause you just think everyone should want it. Right. I can already picture somebody on a team trying to sell a two day event. Of course, they think everyone should sign up, right? They either drunk the Kool-Aid of enrolling people and they think this is gonna solve everyone's problems or they just don't know what they're doing. And instead, know it's a great event for this kind of person. When you talk to that person, figure out their goals, what they want, and then the value they're gonna get. And then that's why they want to show up. And that's why they will wanna get value from it. Because that's the thing, you gotta always make it about the other person, which is tough because- we all make it about ourselves, but we got to remember, like, it's about them. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam-packed, full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily trainings so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're going to give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now. Can't wait to see you there. And let's transform your business. Yes. Oh, that makes that makes total sense. Okay. So now you've got them to the event, and yeah. um, and what what would you say uh, the strategy would be afterwards? So maybe you're, let's just say your call to action is sign up for a, an, a call with one of our sales team. Just sign up for a call. Um, what would your, what would you what are some key factors that you would want to make sure that you did with people that did sign up? And then how would you go after people that didn't sign up? 
that did did or did not sign up for the that event did? or the what call? Do, like if the ones that did sign up for a call and scheduled a call, what are a few things that you'd like, how would you manage that call? And then second question is the ones that didn't sign up for a call, what would your process be? Okay. So if they signed up for a call after going to the event, right? Uh -huh. That's the scenario we're talking about um, is a, you need to have a system where the person who got them to the event or whatever the process is that got them to the event, that, that follow-up sales call, they have the notes of what that person wanted. Why were they going to the event? Why was that important to them? What were they looking for value-wise? How does this help them solve a problem or achieve a goal, right? Because it's not always about pain or loss. Sometimes it's about achieving more. Um, and so having that and going into the conversation and then having that conversation, hey, you had said these were your goals. This is what you were looking for. Tell me about the event. What did you get from it? How was that for you? What aligned for you? What, you know, what resonated? What was the big aha? What didn't you get from it? Like what just didn't make sense for you? Um, and then now what? Like, what do you see as the next step? Um, and again, like if you've set it up properly and the value's there, it's not that you don't have to do any sales or persuasion, right? Because like my book, the subtitles transform from order taker to quarter breaker. There's a lot of people in so sales. Say it again. Trans so the full title is selling with authentic persuasion transform from order taker to quota breaker. So there's a lot of people in sales who actually act more like order takers, not because that's a bad thing. It's just that they don't know what else to do or they don't want to be pushy and gross like the bad salespeople we all think about. Yeah. And so they kind of just sit back and they're nice. They build a lot of rapport and relationships, but then they kind of sit back and hope that the other person's going to buy. Um, and I think there's a professional duty if you're in sales to help somebody buy if it's a good Yeah, fit. I totally agree. And, and, and so it's not that that conversation post-event isn't about sitting back and hoping they move forward, but it's about making it about them, helping them see the value. Because if they see the value that attendee and they go, yeah, my goal was to do this, right? My goal was to make an extra $3,000 a month in, in income. Okay. And the event, oh yeah, I saw these ways. Like that's totally, okay. Sounds good. Like that totally matches. Um, yeah. And then to see what they think and or prescribe that next step. Say, okay, based on that, here's what the, the best thing for us to do is. And then you know, lead them down that path. So that's the category of people who do schedule the call. The people who don't schedule the call, I would have that same approach, but in your outbound calls or the follow-up emails, especially if you have the information, it's not always scalable, but be like, hey, you had said this was the value you were looking for. I saw that you didn't schedule a call, you know, and, I, and for me, so my sales process, go ahead. You're saying it's, it's important even when they sign up for the event to have some type of questions. So, you know, like, where they're at, what they're hoping for before they even go, that's assigned and attached to that person. So then when you, you call, the email should then be speaking to that to that pain point, right? Specifically to whatever they said. And then yep. the, the, the call should be, oh, that makes great sense. You should be tagging people from the very beginning, segmenting them in, in your, in your um, uh, tagging them as, you know, whatever that is they're wanting. And then the emails that follow up should match that. It shouldn't just be bulleted to everyone. Correct. And where most organizations, most salespeople 
miss the mark in my opinion and, and, and affect their conversion is that they're just taking a shotgun approach or a single message, either just because it's easier or just, they, they aren't thinking about it uh, and they aren't making it custom to that person. So another example I'm thinking that will help, especially from your world of real estate is most people listening to this, maybe either bought a house or uh, sold a house or, you know, have seen other people buy a home. Imagine you're a real estate agent and you meet somebody, you have an appointment, fill out the app, you get all the information, you figure out what they want and you're showing them houses and you literally have no idea why they want to buy a house and why that's important to them. Okay. So here's a three, here's a three bedroom house, two baths and a kitchen. Cool. All right. Here's another house with three bedroom. This, yeah, this one has a den. I don't know if that matters to you or not, whatever. Just let me know which one you pick. And that's like, it sounds silly. You would never do that. That's not why you created the success. I'm sure you did in real estate, right? With all of your transactions. Um, and, but that's what most salespeople do. They just like throw stuff out there and hope the other person knows why they want to buy. And if people knew why they want to buy, they would just buy, right? Like I have bought real estate site unseen before because uh, I knew what I wanted to buy and I didn't care. Like it's investment property. Here's what it is. But for most everyone else, they need your help. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I love those points right there about identifying the problem and their, what their wants are early on and then using that languaging to speak to them later. And then also the sales team has, has that. So then when somebody books a call too, you want to do the same thing, right? After the event, let's just say, you know, what did you like? Like, you know, what, what are your, you know, what kind of questions would you ask them after they've gone to the event and booked a call? What kind of questions would you make sure you asked? I mean, again, it's really about them, right? So um, it's not so much the specific questions. It's more about what did they get from the event? What were, what were they looking to get? What did they get from it? You know, what was the biggest value? Again, I, and for me, my sales process and philosophy has always been that nothing is perfect. This is kind of ground. This is kind of shocking for most entrepreneurs, especially most founders and business owners. They think what they've created is perfect in every way and has no flaws. Everything has a flaw or a trade-off, right? Oh, yeah. There is no there is no perfect product or service out there that I know of that has no single trade-off. It may be the perfect thing, but it's gonna be expensive, which is a trade-off, right? So there's always a trade-off. Um, and so for me, I always call it like it is because salespeople who are either insecure or trying to push something on somebody won't call out the other stuff. If I was doing a, an event follow-up call, I'd be like, what did you like? What didn't you like? What just didn't work for you? Like, was it, wasn't good? Because if we're willing to admit and talk about the stuff that didn't work, then, then there's more trust, right? And it's more authentic. And we, okay, what did you like? Oh, that's, that's awesome. Okay, let's do more of that, right? Instead of like, this event is perfect in all ways. And there was, there's, you know, it's for everybody at all times. Like, no, it's not the case. There's always yeah. trade-offs. Yes, G great, great. Okay, gosh, this is awesome. So um, how can people hear and learn more about you? And, and like, like, do you have a special giveaway you want to give away? Or how can people fi find out more about you and maybe mention your book or whatever you want to, whatever you'd like to you know, offer? <laughs> so uh, best thing would be to go to jasoncutter.com. So that's the hub for everything I have going on. I, I have a podcast. Uh, I have the book, which you can buy on Amazon. You can also buy it directly from authenticpersuasion.com. Uh, for less than it is on Amazon if you want to buy it directly. Um, and then what I would offer too is for anybody who's listening to this, definitely reach out because like I said uh, early on, one of the biggest things that I do is a gap analysis to really help analyze where somebody might 
be able to make improvements in their systems, their processes, their sales things. There might be some easy things um, or it might take a lot of work. So definitely if you have a sales team or you're growing a sales team or you want to have a sales team in the future, definitely reach out to me and let's chat about like a gap analysis and seeing kind of examining where you're at and where you want to be. Where do you charge for the gap analysis? Do you go over that, uh, that online or not? The, uh, that's not online and it depends. So it just ranges. It depends on how detailed we're going in, how big the team is, uh, how much we're going through, because sometimes I work with large call centers and we're going through hours and hours of recordings and interviews, meeting with managers, meeting with teams. Um, so it just really depends. And it's, it's based on, you know, how much we need, how much of a doctor's exam are we doing? Yeah. Are we doing the full body exam with MRIs and brain scans. Um, or are we just, you know, checking some, some blood and uh, seeing if we can figure out what the issue is. Yeah, well, God, this has been great, Jason. So um, you go to Jason Cutter with two Ts.com. Um, you can get his, his book as well as get an analysis, uh, a gap analysis in your business. It was, I enjoyed this so, so much. Selfishly, it was, it was so great for me. So I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time and being here. Everyone like reach out because he is obviously a wealth of, wealth of information and wealth of knowledge. Jason, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was super fun. Uh, you're welcome. So everyone, remember, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And as always, it's great to listen and learn, but if you don't implement, nothing happens in your business. So if you want to get fired up, you've got to take action. Make it a great day. Hey there, I have a brand new podcast called Fired Up with Krista Mayshore, where I bring my high energy right to your ears. This podcast is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So do me a favor, go subscribe and leave a review. All this information is free and I cannot wait to teach you everything I know. Thanks so much for watching my video. You can learn more about how to be a successful real estate professional by watching other videos that I have. And be sure to subscribe to my channel. And as always, make it a great home selling and buying day.